In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This is the first Sunday of Mashir, and today's passage of the Gospel from the Gospel of St. John is linked to the miracle of the feeding of the five loaves and two fish. Uh, after the miracle, the people wanted to make him king, so he ascended into a mountain by himself, especially um, and specifically by himself, right? And so the disciples got into the boat to travel to Tiberias, from Tiberias to Capernaum. It's about, uh, it's a little over six miles in the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus came walking to them in the middle of the storm uh, on the water. He came walking on the water towards them. And then they safely, they immediately, and immediately the boat was traveled uh, to Capernaum. So when the people began uh, to look for him because they couldn't find him at Tiberias, they went towards Capernaum and found him there. And they asked him with a little bit of flattery saying, Rabbi, what, when did you get here? We were looking for you. Jesus then sharply rebukes the people, um, saying that they didn't look for him because of the signs or because of him, but because they ate and were filled. And um, he tells them not to labor for the food which perishes, but the food which endures to everlasting life. So in this very short scene from Scripture, we find very many beneficial uh, lessons. Firstly, we see the reaction uh, to some of the amazing miracles uh, that we've seen. Uh, the purpose of miracles. We, we talked a little bit last night in Vespers about this. What, what is the purpose of the miracles that Christ did? Um, was it for show and was it for just, uh, you know, getting the attention of the people um, or so that they can be amazed? Or was it for some deeper purpose? It wasn't, of course, for any kind of show or material gain. He rode in many boats many times, uh, but we only know that he walked on water once, right? He didn't go around just walking on water. He rode in the boat more than he walked on water. Likewise, the events of these miracles uh, are, have a spiritual aim, and we, we should always look at the miracle and not just be amazed, but also what do they point to? And what, what kind of things should our attention really be focused on? Also, miracles occur every day because they reoccur constantly, though sometimes we don't give them the honor they deserve. Uh, the same God who, for example, provides us food every day here, he did so in an instant with the uh, five loaves and two fish. But every day he gives us food and, you know, we should be just as thankful and amazed that he's doing that. Uh, one dead man raised from the dead is uh, astonishing, right? But... You know, no one wonders at the birth of every day of the millions of people who are born on a regular basis uh, that came out of nothing. The same P, uh, God who transforms rain from the roots of the vine and makes grapes that are used for wine did so in an instant at the wedding of Cana of Galilee. So it's just that he did it instantly in this case. So we ought to stop and wonder about the miracles and God's providence and, and kind of uh, recognize the fact that he is in charge of everything and he is managing everything. Um, so when the people couldn't find him at Tiberias, they went towards Capernaum and found him there. Then Jesus kind of sharply rebukes them. They were they flattered him, Rabbi, you know, we were looking for you. Where were you? When did you come here? Jesus then sharply rebukes them. He didn't take their flat, flattery at calling him Rabbi, but he rebukes them sharply and the people um, at their saying when they did not look for him because of the signs or, or what the signs pointed to but because simply that they ate and filled and that their belly was filled and then he tells them not to labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life oftentimes we focus on the giver of the, uh, the, the gift itself rather than the giver of the gift we seek God for the sake of the flesh and the things that he gives us the security he gives us and not for his own sake 
We ask for temporary benefits, but not the eternal benefits. It's a reminder for us to look into our hearts and see what our desires are. Our prayers are often focused on requests, which of course there's nothing wrong with that, but it shouldn't just be requests, but we should also focus on thanksgiving and praise and spiritual benefits as well. We should ask for those spiritual benefits equally. What we pray for is a measure of what our desires are. What we pray for shows us what we really care about. So let's kind of adjust in our prayers as well to praise Him and to also thank Him for the things that we do have. When we, when, we, uh, when we read the Desert Fathers, for example, we find people used to go to the Desert Fathers and ask, Father, give us a word. Tell us a word. And we're reminded of the dialogue between God and Satan regarding Job. Um, when Satan told God, does, God fear, uh, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land? But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And of course, if you read the story of Job, Job didn't curse him to his face. He, he lost everything. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. But he still praised God in the end. Uh, God knew the intentions of his heart, which is why he allowed it to happen for our sake. But here in today's story, the people desired the food that God gave more than God himself. And the desire for food, we should say, you know, is, um, is really a powerful force in the human life, right? We, we know that, um, uh, you know, the, that from the time we're born we're, until the time we die, that's a desire that stays with the human body um, throughout its life. Very few desires stay with us from the time we're born to the time we die. If you look at all the other human desires that we have, um, you know, the desire for wealth, the desire for the opposite gender, the desire for praise, all these other things, you know, they have a period of time in your life. They don't matter that much when you're young and they really don't matter that much when you're old. But the desire for food kind of stays with us for all of our life. That's why the church focuses on this and on the, the many fasts that we have. Uh, so that we know that if we overcome this greatest desire, we know that uh, we can overcome everything else. Because every other desire kind of falls away when you're hungry. I don't know if you've really been hungry, but if you're hungry, you don't really care about anything else. You don't care what people think about you. You don't care about wealth. You don't care about any other desires. You care about eating. And so that is the primal desire of the human body. And so it's a powerful desire. And if we control it, we control every other aspect of our lives. So it's a good time to remind everyone that uh, tomorrow starts the Jonah, Jonah fast. So it's a three-day strict fast. Um, and then we break the fast Thursday morning. Here we're asked to hunger, though, and thirst for righteousness. The Bible is clear that we ought to seek from the Savior not only the corporal needs, the, the needs of this world, but also, more importantly, the, the spiritual needs, the, the needs that will uh, grant us eternal life and a truly blessed life. In Galatians 6, 8, St. Paul says, For he who sows to the flesh will reap of the flesh corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. The human being has is kind of a trinity, as it were. Uh, it's made up of the body, the mind, and the spirit. And these three have conflicting needs. And oftentimes um, we struggle with, you know, what the body needs versus what the mind needs versus what the spirit needs. Each one has its own agenda. 
and the body wants to wants what is odds what is at odds with the mind and the mind wants which that is what's odds with the with the body and with the spirit and it's up to us to decide which one is going to lead our life so we want to decide based on what's most best beneficial to us so uh, should we let the body lead uh, should we be intellectuals and let the mind lead or should we be spiritual and let the spirit lead one way to decide is to see how if one see how which one of the three benefits all three for example if we let our minds lead right and we let our minds kind of decide how our life should function if we feed our mind with all sorts of knowledge and have master's degrees and, and doctorate degrees and if we spend all of our time unlocking the secrets of the universe and inventing great machines and we grow in this worldly wisdom what happens to the rest of our humanity if we haven't also uh, fed our spirit and our and our body as well? Also, um, what happens to how we view others if we only feed our mind? Firstly, the Bible gives guidelines on what happens. We see it in our daily lives as well. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Those who know a lot um, in their eyes oftentimes are puffed up and arrogant and they look down condescendingly upon other people and uh, they kind of belittle other people. You might have seen that, right? Those who really know and understand a topic, though, you, you can, you've seen it. It's not those, the, the people who brag about knowing something are those who know a little bit, right? But those who really go into depth on a topic, they understand that they've they just scratch the surface and they're starting to learn. You never see like a, uh, a really knowledgeable person who's really dive deep. Uh, really, he's kind of learned to be humble because he's really experienced the, um, the, the fact that there's so much more to learn. But the person who knows and thinks he knows a little bit in his own eyes, that's the loudest one in the room. That's usually the one who's bragging the most. Um, this kind of arrogance limits, of course, the grace of God uh, in, our, in our lives and consequently the growth of our spiritual life. Uh, the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What shall we say about that than the acquiring of knowledge? Does it give peace? Does it give a peaceful life? You know, just creating knowledge and understanding the, the world around us? As I set my, in Ecclesiastes, it says... As I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly, I, I perceive that this is all grasping for the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases in knowledge increases in sorrow. This in turn, of course, causes the body to uh, negatively be impacted uh, because sorrow causes stress, and the stress, of course, we know impacts the body. So we know that the mind by itself doesn't really help us as human beings and it doesn't help us in our view of others so let's now turn to see what happens if we give the body its full attention and we just focus and let the body lead both our mind and our spirit lead our whole humanity what does the body want does it want to wake up early to church or does it want to sleep it wants to sleep right it wants food it wants comfort it wants the carnal and bodily pleasures, you know, if we gave it everything it wanted. Um, and we strive to obtain greater possessions and greater wealth. Why? So that we can give it to the body and, its, uh, and, and have it grow in its desires and wants. There are many, of course, who do this in the world, right? 
does the does this enhance the other aspects of our humanity or do we lose our humanity and be reduced to mere animals the impact on the mind is usually one of uh, loss of sharpness and lethargy and laziness and nothing is accomplished in the life all of the thoughts are focused on making the body happy so it doesn't grow in understanding and doesn't advance spiritually either in Galatians 6 8 he who sows to the flesh will reap to the flesh corruption and he who sows to the spirit we will reap to the spirit everlasting life a bodily person uh, also views others in a negative uh, way as well uh, you find that those who care and have their body lead their life uh, is are in one-sided relationships because if that other person can't fulfill the desires of their body then it's like they can't give them food or any other thing then that relationship uh, is useless to them right it's only take 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 it's no no giving at all so now let's see you know now that we see that the body and the mind if it leads it not only hurts itself but it hurts the other two elements of our humanity which are the spirit and the the mind um, but now let's see what happens and what kind of impact that the spirit has if it leads our body and our mind when one is spiritual his mind is typically very sharp and his body is healthy we recall how Daniel Sedrak Misach and Abednego were spiritual uh, they didn't worship anything uh, uh, in the land that they were uh, dwelling in. They didn't uh, indulge in the delicacies of the palace that they lived in, but they ate only vegetables. And the Bible says about them that their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. And God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. Daniel had understanding. We know it's healthier to not deny the body food that it craves. So the body de desires the food that it craves, but it's not healthy for it, right? But we know it's healthier to now the, 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 the greatest fast that's going on right now is those intermittent fasts, right? The body doesn't like that, right? But we know now it's healthy and uh, a lot of people are saying it's, and I've seen a lot of people lose a lot of weight, I should do that. Uh, the spiritual person who seeks good things relating to the spirit uh, he's eager to increase in virtues such as humility and helps in their view of others, right? So those who are spiritual are, hu are humble, and so that impacts the positive uh, relationships around them. Always seeking the increase of others because they don't desire the things that other people desire, so they give them. One of the Desert Fathers says, always hate what other peoples have in their hand and your relationships will grow. The, that, that way they, they know that the things that they want you don't want so there's no threat from you they're involved in services and charities service and charity is against human thinking it doesn't make sense to give away your food and to give away your possessions and to donate to the church or to others it doesn't make sense mentally right but we do so because we let our spirit lead in the act of giving when we give to the poor our spirit is leading our humanity at that point even though it doesn't make sense to the body and it doesn't make sense to the mind we do so anyways, and and the spirit says to the body and to the mind, trust me, this is for your own good. And we know these kind of uh, leadership of the spirit leads to everlasting life. So this God is spirit, and those who worship him must spirit, worship him in spirit of truth. So we cannot worship him only with our body and only with our mind, but we have to let the spirit lead. <clears throat> so when the spirit leads in worship, um, the body follows and the mind follows as well and we gain that um, that truly blessed and beneficial route that we take 
uh, which is beneficial for our whole humanity because not only does the spirit benefit, but the body and the mind benefit as well in worship. Um, where the other two, the body and the mind, they define, if they define who we are, it not only um, hurts the body and the mind, but it also hurts the spirit as well. So the only one of the three elements of our human nature that if we allow to lead is beneficial to us then is if we allow our spirit to lead. And it benefits our body, it benefits our mind, it benefits our spirit, it benefits our relationship with others, and it's the only way to access God. For those who worship God must worship Him in spirit. So Christ says somewhere else as well in the book of Matthew, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? In today's reading, our Lord says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. Because not only is the spiritual good for the spirit and the body and the mind, but it also leads to everlasting life. And in Matthew 6.33, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Of course, the spiritual gifts that we should seek for and hunger for endures forever. Saint Pachomius, that, that's why Saint Pachomius, the um, one of the desert fathers, says, "Let the soul then, brothers, teach wisdom to this thick body and mind every day when we come to our bed at evening and say to each member of the body, stand up and pray." This is how we were created and meant to be. Our spirit was given to us, and if we don't let the spirit lead, then we do become like animals, right? Um, our spirit should lead, and and our spirit, when it does lead, it benefits all aspects of our life, and we realize how we were originally created, and we realize the, the fullness of our humanity. So such a hunger for righteousness and these eternal spiritual things helps us to focus our thoughts and our conduct greater and more um, focus on eternal things. On Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Sometimes we don't realize that we're hungry until we begin to eat. And so some people don't even realize how blessed it is to have a relationship with God. But when we taste and see that the Lord is good, our hunger and thirst for Him increases more and more. People who make the most progress in the spiritual life are, aren't those who have the spiritual struggle for a long time. Um, there, oftentimes it's the converts, it's those who are repentant. They advance very quickly and we're like, how do they advance so quickly? Uh, first of all, they're honest with themselves and they don't just talk about spirituality, but they take very concrete steps, no matter how small those concrete steps are, even small ones, if they're sustainable, are very valuable in our spiritual life. Even small concrete steps. So for example, small prayers you don't have to read the whole igbeya but at least do something that is sustainable that you're going to do every day maybe a psalm maybe pray the lord's prayer three times a day even doing something so small as that in the morning and maybe before your lunch and at evening that builds a foundation for future growth as you progress spiritual fellowship with each other uh, partaking of the eucharist of course reading often uh, scriptures and commentaries forgiveness of others, repentance. These are the, the spiritual food which endures to everlasting life. So let's take these concrete steps again. No matter how small, even small little things will build us up immensely. The Bible is full of examples of God taking the small things and increasing it more and more. 
during the women's meeting, we spoke about how the Bible is full of ex those kind of examples. The thief on the right hand, uh, uh, right hand of the cross, the small boy with the five loaves and two fish, the sinful woman with the flask of oil, the widow and the two mites, etc. There's many other stories. So take even the smallest steps to lead in your spiritual life. Feed the spirit and uh, hunger for those things and you'll, you'll find that you'll grow very quickly. Uh, because in him is the only truly and blessed life if our spirit leads and we find him with our spirit. So let this hunger and thirst for him uh, which gives all good things, who gives all good things and who knows the need, the things that we need of the, for the body and mind more than we even know and before we even ask him for he is wonderful and uh, very gracious to us and glory be to God forever. Amen.